0: It's January 26th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake, and we're going to jump in with our Old Testament reading, Exodus chapter 2, verse 11, through Exodus chapter 3, verse 22. As always, reading out of the New Living Translation, Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, Everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now, the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But some other shepherds came and chased them away, so Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flocks. When the girls returned to Raoul, their father, he asked, Why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? their father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation, and he settled there with him. In time, Raoul gave Moses his daughter Ziphara to be his wife. Later she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom. For he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help. Their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Which, as we conclude chapter 2 there, that's what God is still like to this very day. He is there for the humble. And if you cry out to him, Lord, I need you, I need your grace, he gives it. He answers that prayer. And we see him answering that prayer here for uh, his people. Pharaoh doesn't answer the cry for help. He gives more slavery. God answers the cry for help and gives freedom. Moving into chapter 3, verse 1. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. (laughs) I I love the Bible. (laughs) There's a burning bush, and Moses was like, hey, why isn't that bush burning up? I'm gonna go check it out. That's a typical man for you, right? (laughs) There's a tornado, let me go watch it. Verse four. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses! Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Preserites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign, that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent, to, sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel I am, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me. I have been watching closely, and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go, and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in her in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. That concludes our Old Testament reading. Moving into the New Testament, Matthew chapter 17, verses 10 through 27. Matthew 17, verse 10. Then his disciples asked him, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, but he wasn't recognized, and they chose to abuse him. And in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. Verse 14. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. I, just, I love how people sometimes paint Jesus as being this really kind, you know, glowing man. And, uh, no, Jesus Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? I don't know. I, just, I think that's different than the Sunday school Jesus I, I read about growing up. Jesus was to the point. And uh, he was here on purpose, and he he didn't didn't dance around the topic. That's a fact. Wasn't this nice, sweet Jesus we often think of? He's the God of this universe and deserves respect. Verse 19. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples were filled with grief. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people? or the people they have conquered. They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. Take it out and pay the tax for both of us. (laughs) I love that story. Moving on to uh, our Proverbs of the day. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor, and you will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease comes your body. When disease comes to your body. You will say, How I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace. Finally, we will read Psalm 22 in a posture of prayer. I like to stop and pray along the way, but this psalm is a bit longer, so I'm going to read the whole thing, and then I'll just say one prayer at the end. But I would encourage you to pause me along the way and pray, or pull out a paper Bible and, and pray like we normally do. Have a conversation with God throughout this psalm. For the choir director, a psalm of David to be sung to the tune Doe of the dawn. And no, I will not be singing. And you can praise God for that. This is the 22nd Psalm. Verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls, fierce bulls of bashan have hemmed me in. Like lions, they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay, my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Lord, as we stop there, it is clear who this psalm really points to, and it is Jesus Christ who fulfilled this psalm. Thank you, Lord, that he came, and he was disgraced and rejected, so that I might be accepted by the Holy God of this universe. Lord, I pray that you'd be with those who feel abandoned, and I pray that they would know that you are with them, not as a God who doesn't understand, but as one who has experienced it at the greatest depths possible. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.